Hello everyone, welcome to this little corner of the internet. I am Bex and this is The Race Rundown. Here at The Race Rundown, I'm going to do an episode every single race. There's going to be a there's going to be a race rundown of every single race. I'm going to be covering the summer break silly season. I'm going to be covering everything. There'll be occasional comedy episodes where I'll bring on my mates to talk about Formula One, which they don't really know a lot about so that could be fun i really want to do some sort of tech deep dives as well and just talk about the sport i love you know just talk about the sport i love so that i don't bore my friends and family to death and i want to make a podcast for people that are like me that just want to talk about formula one have a laugh express their opinions you know make friends all that fun stuff and we're gonna cover everything and i want to hear from you guys as well you know as the podcast grows i want you guys to leave me comments i want you to interact with me and i just want to hear from you guys i want my community to be nice supportive welcoming and i want it to be a place where people can learn more about formula one learn more about the sport if you're interested and you want to know more about the sport from somebody who is not an expert I am not an expert in Formula One by any means. I just have a passion for the sport. I enjoy watching it. I enjoy learning about the mechanics of the cars. I enjoy everything. And I just want to take a little bit of time to just share that love and that passion with like-minded people. So that's why the race rundown was born. This Yes, it's called the race rundown, but at the moment there's no races going on. So we have pre-season rundown and oh boy, have we been treated to a silly season so far. It has come early and Drive to Survive season six isn't even out yet. I think our first starting point in the silly season debacle should be the names of these Formula One teams. Now, okay, I love Formula One. I've said this. I, off the bat, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I am a McLaren girly. I have supported McLaren since the Lewis Hamilton Jensen Button days. And I loved Daniel Ricciardo. I obviously love Lando Norris, who doesn't. Oscar Piastri, amazing driver. But this is where I draw the line. Stake Formula One team. Stake F1 kick Sauber. Really? really now i don't know about you guys i think the branding great absolutely brilliant love the branding absolutely hate the name hate the name hate everything about it i think it has kicked off silly season in the perfect way <laughs> i think it has shown once again to all the people that love the sport for all the right reasons that money is a massive factor You've heard a lot of the drivers last season, especially at the Las Vegas race, saying that, you know, Formula One is a business and they have to make money and things like that. But it has never been more evident than it has right now. Second example of that, Visa Cash App Red Bull Formula One team. Really? Again, hate the branding, hate the name. Absolutely hate everything about it. Toria Rosso Blue. Love that. Love that. Why couldn't we have just had Toria Rosso, though? Why did we have to have Visa Cash Up Red Bull? No, it's stupid. It's dumb. It's stupid. There's no need for it whatsoever. I'm just waiting for the commentary team to just mess that up. Like, oh, and the Visa Cash App's crashed. It's like, the app or the actual car? Just saying. 
<laughs> like, I don't actually fully understand where they thought they were going with that. Obviously, we all laughed that they were going to be called racing bulls. But honestly, I think racing bulls would have been better than Visa Cash App Red Bull team. Really? Really? Tell me that you're interested in the money without telling me that you're interested in the money. Do you know what I mean? Honestly. On the topic of teams, though, the car launches. So we have Haas on the 2nd of Feb. We have Kicksalber on the 5th. And we have Williams on the 5th. Alpine, Esteban Ocon, Pierre Gasly. Love them both. Love them both. 7th of Feb. The one that no one will be watching. Visa Cash Up, Red Bull on the 8th. Aston Martin on the 12th. I have opinions on Lance Stroll. Uh... <laughs> If you have come to this podcast as a Lance Stroll fan and are expecting me to sing his praises, I'm sorry that is not going to happen. You know, if you want to click off from this first episode, I 110% respect that decision. I 110% respect that decision and I will not stop you. Right off the bat, I'm going to be completely transparent. I am not a fan of Lance Stroll. I know he is very talented. A lot of people say that he is only in the car because his dad runs the team. I disagree. He is obviously there for a reason. He did very well in F2. Do I think that he is showing his full potential? Absolutely not. Am I a fan of him? Absolutely not. I think sticking him next to Vettel and Alonso was a terrible idea. I'm not sure if it was his dad's way of training him up or if it was his dad's way of publicly humiliating him. I'm not quite sure. Either way, it hasn't helped. <laughs> like, sorry, but it hasn't helped. Then on the 13th of February, we have the Scuderia Ferrari. I am expecting a very similar car for them this year. I feel like their car last year, if it wasn't for the strategies and uh, the poor timing, I want to say, I feel like they would have had a lot of potential. I'm expecting a very similar vibe from them this year. Hopefully I'm wrong and hopefully they'll do very well. But, you know, I'm not expecting much. I'm really not. I would love to see Carlos step up his game this season. I'm a big Carlos fan. Shock, because she loves Lando Norris. I know. Um, No, I, I genuinely love Carlos as just a driver, not just the Carlando stands out there. Like, Carlos as a driver, he has so much potential and I don't feel like he's fully unlocked that yet. And I feel like the second he does that, he can give Charles a run for his money. So I'm here for that. I'm excited to see that. And then we have on the 14th, Mercedes and McLaren on the same day. Obviously, we know which one I'm going to be uh, watching. But at the same time, I'm also interested in the Mercedes because I feel like they were coming on to something at the end of last season. I feel like their car was slowly but surely improving. They were not starting to look like the old Mercedes again because I don't think that Lewis's confidence is at that point. Again, I am not a big Lewis fan. I am not a big Lewis fan. I respect him for what he's done for the sport. I respect him for his talent. He's not my favourite driver. I think it's because from a racing perspective, I just got a little bit bored with him winning all the time, which is another reason why I don't like Max. Um, well, I say I don't like Max. I think he just has a little bit of an ego that needs bringing down. And I feel like Lewis at one stage in his career very early on was at that stage too. And I know that will probably come with time, but it was one of those that I think Max has a long way to go. 
he has a long way to go. I think he has a very long career ahead of him. I want to see, as much as I'm not a Lewis fan, I want to see him win his eighth world title. I think he's got it in him, for sure. George, I love George when he was at Williams. <sighs> I think he's got a bit of an ego. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, I do. I think he has sipped that Mercedes Kool-Aid and he is well and truly in. Um, I think he wants to be winning world titles, otherwise he wouldn't have signed for Mercedes for sure. But I think he is trying a little bit too hard. You know, I think he's gone from, again, no disrespect to Williams, but he's gone from one of the worst teams on the grid to one of the best teams on the grid. And the car is awful, so I'm not surprised, this is going to sound really bad, I'm not surprised he's outperforming Lewis when the car is bad because, oh, this is going to sound really bad, please don't judge me, he's used to a terrible car. Lewis is used to having the pinnacle of Formula One machinery under his foot, whereas George is used to challenges and a constantly evolving car and not being quite up to scratch with everyone else. So I'm not surprised that last season George was outperforming Lewis. I'm not surprised at all. And as for Red Bull, obviously, you know, silly season. Do we think Daniel Ricciardo will end up back at Red Bull with Max? Honestly, I genuinely believe that Daniel Ricciardo, the lovable Australian, don't get me wrong, love him the most. I think he made the worst decision possible when he left Red Bull the first time. I think he could have won championships at Red Bull if he stuck around. I think his ego got too big and he left when he could have been great. And I think he's now paying the price for that. Again, a very unpopular opinion for a lot of people, but the first race will be the indication. Do we think Checo will have upped his game this season or do we think that he's still going to be underperforming compared to Max? There's a lot of question marks around Red Bull. Will the car be as good? During this silly season time, you get a lot of articles from a lot of different people all claiming that it's Ferrari's year. You never know until they're out on the track, you know? Pre-season testing can tell you a little bit, but until they're in a race scenario under race conditions, you're just not going to know, you know? You're just not going to know. Speaking of race conditions and how we think this season's going to go, I just want to do a quick recap a consensus I guess um I know it's only our first episode so there's probably not that many people listening but how do we think the Vegas Grand Prix went I have opinions <laughs> I think it was a absolute mess it was everything Vegas is a more it was over-dramatised. It was poorly planned. Poorly planned. Those poor, poor people that paid all that money for a ticket and ended up going home because they couldn't race. That Am I happy about this change of direction and more US races? Yes, but then it also ties in with Drive to Survive and I have opinions about that too. Uh, as much as I love watching it, I think it's really damaging to the sport. It's great for making it popular and bringing people to the sport, but do I think it's great for its reputation? No. Do I think it takes away from the actual sport element of it? Yes. Do I think that Formula One would be as popular without it? No. Obviously, Formula One is a business, it's a branding exercise, and 
from my background in marketing, I know that you do your very best and get as many eyes on that as possible. And I think that Drive to Survive was a very clever business decision from Formula One. Do I agree with it? No. Will I still watch it? Yes, that's the annoying part. I will on February 23rd still be watching season six of Drive to Survive and I have watched every other season and it hasn't been great. <laughs> It really hasn't been great. I can probably predict how the season will go. 2023 season of Formula One for me was very uneventful, very boring in terms of racing. I think the changes they've made to the cars, great for levelling the playing field, but it's still not level. <laughs> like, how can you tell me that Max, who is winning races by 30 seconds plus, and everyone else being bunched up, something's going on. Like, <laughs> whatever Red Bull did to that car to turn it into a rocket ship, I don't know. I don't know. Is it to do with the overspending on the budget? You know, that old chestnut. <laughs> There's lots of people saying they only got a fast car because they overspent. I... Don't want to add fuel to the fire, ladies and gents, but it's fast for a reason. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, it's fast for a reason. And yeah, Red Bull, do I think Max is going to win in 2024? That is probably the main question. And I think, yes, he will. I think at this point in time, something will have had to have gone terribly, terribly, terribly wrong with the 2024 car for it to not come out and perform similarly if not better to the 2023 car they will have had to have tried something completely new and just destroy it <laughs> sorry sorry mercedes fans i know i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry but it's true they tried something new they took a risk you've got to admire them for that but my god did it backfire gee so going on red bull the teams as a whole. We've talked about the car launches. Let's talk about how interesting this silly season. And I know we've technically already started silly season already, or at least it feels like we have anyway with all these names and the drama. No, <laughs> it feels like we're already in silly season, but this silly season is like no other because we have 13 out of the 20 drivers out of contract at the end of 2024. So in case people don't know, who's out of contract at the end of this season. We have Checo, Sergio Perez for Red Bull, Fernando Alonso at Aston Martin, Carlos Sainz for Ferrari, Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly at Alpine, Valtteri Bottas and Joe Guanyu at Alfa Romeo, Kevin Magnussen and Nico Hulkenberg for Haas, Alex Albon and Logan Sargent for Williams, and Yuki Tsunoda and Daniel Ricciardo for Visa Cash Up Red Bull. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just hate those names. So I know up until literally today, the day of recording, in the last two days, Charles Leclerc, he's just extended his contract with Ferrari. Good for him. Uh, that, I'm not going to lie to you people, came as a shock to me. I know he hasn't been happy there based on some reports and obviously some of the post-race footage we see. He hasn't been happy there. And it shocked me that he extended his contract. In my opinion, money talks. Obviously, i that's just my opinion. Um, I could be completely wrong. But it seems very strange how he... Either he knows something that we don't. And that car is going to be an absolute scorcher this season. Or he's made the biggest mistake. <laughs> we'll just have to see. And another person who's extended their contract with their chosen team is uh, Lando. Lando Norris for McLaren. Now, obviously, I am a Lando Norris girly. 
I, I've been a McLaren girly for ages, um, but Lando Norris is my driver that I choose to follow. I'm not calling him my favourite because I love Oscar as well, Oscar Piastri. I love Daniel Ricciardo. To be honest, I just love McLaren as a whole. I have watched McLaren since I was little and, you know, they were the team that I grew up watching, so I've just followed them all the way through. I am happy that Lando is still at McLaren. I am unsure for how long he's extended his contract. Um, I know that he was there till 2025 anyway, so it could be maybe 2026, 2027, two-year extension. I'm not sure. Honestly, I think at this stage in Lando's career, I think I'm not surprised that he's still staying at McLaren. As much as I love him, I am going to try and be as unbiased as possible. I think that in order for him to be looked at by the top three, he needs to win races. He won't be looked at by Christian Horner and Toto Wolff until he has scored points. And I mean big points. Like continuously winning races all the time and proving that he can do that. I think at the minute he's still making not rookie mistakes but mistakes that could have been rectified. I think he's had a little bit of maturing to do. Obviously he started very young. I think he's had a lot of maturing to do. I think he's getting there. Do I think that he is race winning at the moment? He's close. He's close. I think it's half down to the car. It's half down to him as a driver. I also think that he's being forced to be more competitive because of Oscar Piastri and how he's come in and just absolutely dominated. I mean, with Mark Webber as your mentor, I'm not surprised, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. Mark Webber was an absolute unit when he was racing. So so, you know, to have him as a mentor and then come into McLaren and just absolutely storm it. Like, I'm not surprised by that. I'm really not. I think it was good on Zach's part to put Piastri there. Again, that whole silly season of getting Piastri. I think it was great for Netflix. <laughs> I think it was bad for the reputation of the sport, but I think it was absolutely brilliant for Netflix. They were probably rubbing their hands together thinking, Jesus Christ, we can rinse three more episodes out of that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so negative towards Netflix. I shouldn't be, but I am. I think their pairing is good. I think they push each other in the best possible way. And I think, honestly, Lando needs that. Like, as much as I really enjoyed Danny Rick being on the team, it was evident that he, for whatever reason, was struggling. Obviously, we only see it from a fan perspective. We don't see the ins and outs, the time in the sim. We don't see what they're like mentally as drivers. You know, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that we don't see. And whatever was going on with Danny Rick, I don't know what it was. He, there was a clear gap between Lando and him. And I think Every single team that Danny Rick has gone to since he left Red Bull, he's tried to be number one and it hasn't worked for him because I'm not even sure that he's that good of a driver. As a personality and for the business, yes, 100%. Likeable, funny, great on television, great on Netflix. But there's a reason that they put him at Alpha Tauri instead of back in that Red Bull seat. And they've just turned to him and said, look, I imagine behind the scenes, they've turned to him and gone, look, prove yourself and we'll put you back in that seat. But will he do that? I don't know. You know, he came to McLaren on the premise that he was going to be number one driver and he was just not it. <laughs> Lando just wiped the floor with him. 
and he can't blame the car. Yeah, Lando had more time in the car. Obviously, you know, he's his rookie season was with McLaren. Like, he's grown up in that car. He's grown up around that garage. He's grown up around how the car works and things like that. But Danny Rick, if he's that good of a driver, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. If he was that good of a driver, he could get in any car and win races. It's called Formula One, people. It's meant to be one formula for every single car. So therefore, if they're that good of a driver, win races. Win races in whatever team you're at, you know? If you sign for a massive contract with a team like McLaren and they say to you you need to perform why aren't you there was obviously reports going around that he was doing all this time in the sim and all that stuff I get it I get it we don't know what goes on behind the scenes but if you're spending all that time in the sim and still getting beaten by somebody younger than you something's wrong okay that's where that's where I'm gonna leave that I would love to know your opinions on that I really would Genuinely, I would love to know your opinions on that. Another thing I would like to know everybody's opinions on is the sprint races. Now, straight off the bat, first episode, I'm going to be completely and utterly frank with you. I think the sprint races are pointless. I don't watch them. I'm going to be honest, I don't watch them. Will I be watching any this season? No, probably not. Formula One have dropped us the New Year's gift of both the race calendar and the sprint calendar for 2024. So the first sprint race is obviously China. Uh, we haven't been back to China for a while. Obviously with COVID and everything, we haven't been back there. So it'll be nice to be back at that circuit again. That will be amazing. So that's on the 19th to the 21st of April. Will I be watching that sprint race? Absolutely not. The next one is Miami. I have lots of opinions on the Miami race. I find that the American races are just the pinnacle of over-dramatisation and I'm not here for it. <laughs> I think it takes away from the sport. I think that it is great for the business but terrible for the sport. I'm going to be saying that a lot. The sport as a whole doesn't need celebrities. I get the idea of building the brand. I get the idea of having drivers have their own brands too so that they have something when they're not driving anymore. I get that. But people like Will I Am love him, love the Black OPs. What do they know about Formula One, realistically? Besides the fact that it's cool to be there and they can post it all over social media and get followers to the sport because if Will I Am likes Formula One, then I will as well. Realistically, is there any other reason for them being there? I could be completely wrong. They could have a genuine love for the sport, you know? Like, there could be a genuine love there. I think it's a stunt, a PR stunt. And the American races, the grid walk is always so awkward. It's so awkward. When Sky Sports cover it, they speak to all these celebrities. You can tell that the celebrities do not give a damn about the sport whatsoever. They are there with a brand to get paid. That is it. You know, promote it. Be there because it's the in thing right now. They don't know about Formula One. That news article came out about Anthony Joshua and loads of other celebrities investing in Alpine. Great, brilliant, all here, all here for it. What interest does Anthony Joshua have in Formula One besides money? I've never heard him mention Formula One before in my life. Oh, I watched it on Netflix. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I am not by any means a snob. If people have come into the sport from watching Netflix, all power to you. Welcome. Welcome to this corner of the internet that is full of people, I'm going to say it, fighting over their favourite drive. People absolutely obsessing over 20 cars going round a track every Sunday. And that, that is what it is. And it's great. And I love Formula One for that. I love it. But there's a difference between the business and the sport. 
110%. Anyway, enough of my rant about the American races. Austria is another sprint race in June. June 28th to 30th. I love Austria. I love Austria. It's one of my favourite tracks on the calendar. Not a lot of people say that, but I like it a lot. Austin is the next one, 18th to the 20th of October, followed by Brazil in November and Qatar in December. I think that's a nice combination of beginning of the season, end of the season. I think I'm happy with that number of sprint races because then it's great for people like me that don't particularly like the sprint races. I think it's also good for the American audience because it shows them more racing, which is obviously what they want. Well, I mean, it's what we all want, isn't it? But, you know, if you're paying all that money, you want to see as many races as humanly possible. I am excited by the F1 calendar this year. I'm excited. I'm excited. Obviously, we have Bahrain to start off with. Then we have Jeddah, Melbourne, Japan, Shanghai, Miami, Imola, Monaco, Canada, Spain, Austria... United Kingdom in July. I'm excited for Silverstone this year. I really am. I know it's my home race, so I get excited for Silverstone every year, but I'm probably going to have a Silverstone watch party again. After that, we have Hungary, Belgium, Netherlands. I'm excited about that. Monza, Azerbaijan, Singapore, Austin, Texas, Mexico City, Sao Paulo, Las Vegas, Qatar, and finishing off of course, in Abu Dhabi, on the 8th of December. That feels like a lifetime away, but I know that that's going to come around very quickly. I feel like, before you know it, we're going to blink and it's going to be end of the Formula 1 season already, and we haven't even started yet. And that is why I absolutely love and hate Formula 1, because it's never long enough. <laughs> you always get the post-season blues, you know, from Christmas till February, March time when nobody's racing around the tracks and there's no news and there's no this and there's no that and you're just sat there twiddling your thumbs and as we've seen on a lot of formula one accounts making formula one trucks on minecraft i too am a gamer i can appreciate that i can appreciate that so in a weird way i'm kind of happy we've had this pre-season silliness to kick us off i think it's in a weird way giving us that excitement you know the announcement of madrid for 2026 as well that would be super 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 good i really love the fact that they're trying to put in some new tracks i would prefer to see new tracks i think it's time to put some of these newer tracks on the map i think that i understand it but i think it's time to make room for other locations that again is a very unpopular opinion i may even do a segment on unpopular formula one opinions so let me know about that and i think i want to finish this off with my pre-season predictions i think i think we should start off with who do i think is gonna win the championship as a whole i think think based off of the data that we have post-season it's gonna have to be max isn't it if i was a betting person i would say max would i like it to be somebody else would i love to see a comeback from lewis hamilton for sure i would love to see a comeback from lh do i think it's impossible no it depends on the car it depends on the car <laughs> That's such a cop-out answer. It depends on the car, but it does. It depends on the car. I think Lewis has got a lot of fight, and I think if the car's right, he could take it to max and we could see a repeat of 2021. 
I genuinely believe that if the Mercedes was to maintain the same level that it maintained last season, I think Max has got it in the bag for sure. Who do I think will win the constructors? Probably Red Bull as well. Obviously, if they're winning races by 30 seconds each time, then it's not surprising with the number of points they're going to be racking up. I would like to see i would like to see mclaren in the top four at least points wise at least i think it will more than likely end up being red bull ferrari mercedes mclaren in the top four ferrari and mercedes i think are very fine margins i would like to see mercedes take it to red bull for sure um Obviously, being a McLaren girly, I would love to see McLaren absolutely take it to Red Bull, for sure. I would love that. Again, I don't think it's impossible, but I think it's a stretch. I could be wrong. I, you know, it's pre-season predictions. I could be completely wrong. They could come out for the first race of the season and absolutely dominate. We just don't know. That's half the fun of the sport. Until we see what the cars look like in February, we're not going to know. Yes, we can see it on a stage and oh, isn't it nice and the livery's nice and blah, blah. We don't know how that car performs until it's out on the track in racing conditions. So that's half the fun. So yes, that's my prediction of the top four. Who do I think will be in the top four for drivers? Max, Checo, Lewis, Charles, I think. That's, that's what I'm settling on. And maybe George? I would like to see Lando up there too, but... As much as I love Lando, I'm not going to sit here and say that McLaren are the best team in the world because they've still got a long way to go, you know? Our heyday hasn't passed. I think it's still there. It's just going to take a little bit more. I would really like to hear your guys' pre-season predictions too. If you could, I don't know, leave a comment on the socials, leave a comment underneath this video. I genuinely want to hear what you guys have to say. Our little corner of the internet. Who knows? Somebody might even predict the whole championship. Who's going to win? How many times do we think cars are going to blow up? <laughs> you know, somebody could just predict the whole thing. I've been Bex. This has been the first episode of the Race Rundown. My little Formula One podcast where I just want to share my thoughts, opinions and love for the sport with like-minded people. And I'll see you next time.